Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. I've loved the sometimes unexpected conversations we've had around parenthood on this podcast. And today's conversation is just one of those. My guest is Hutton Swinglehurst, who was adopted in 1917. It wasn't, however, until 40 years later that he found out the true story of his birth and adoption. He's always been extremely open about his adoption and maintained that he's grateful to his birth mother for the brave decision she made when she realised that she wouldn't be able to care for him. I chatted to him in socially distant circumstances, so please enjoy the birdsong in the background. So, Hottie, tell me, tell me the story that you that you know of your adoption. It's a fascinating story, and because it's quite unusual in today's you know era, where adoption has this reputation for being really difficult. It wasn't difficult for your parents, was it? Well, I was born in 1970, and obviously things were a little different then. I was first told that I was adopted when I was about five years old. And do you remember them telling you were adopted? I do indeed, I do indeed. And it really meant very little to me at the time. It, it, it was almost like it was just a, a new word. And it certainly seemed to be something that was special. And I think my parents did a good job in making me feel special having been adopted. Like I say, I didn't really... Nothing changed at the moment uh, after they had told me this fact. I didn't really think any more of it, particularly, other than have, as you can imagine, you know, one's imagination run riot in terms of what this parallel world might might look like, or might have been, or what 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 could have been different in my future but um, so tell me the story of how you came to be adopted what were the circumstances in which you were adopted well so I didn't find this out until much much later initially when my parents told me though that I was adopted that was really all I knew and then moving kind of forward when I was about 16 and I was at school I sort of noticed that uh, the other Anglo-Saxons around me were somewhat taller and blonder and with straighter hair. It sort of occurred to me that perhaps I wasn't actually English. So I... Did you look like your parents? No, not, not really, not like, my, not like my father. I could... I, but nobody ever questioned it. Nobody ever... This is a funny thing. Nobody... Uh, never occurred to anybody that I was adopted. And I have a similar colouring to my mother, so I don't think, you know, no one ever asked the question or suspected anything. 
or if they did, they never mentioned it. But, uh, you know, having sort of curly hair, I thought, you know, maybe, maybe I'm from somewhere else. So I asked my parents and, you know, my mother gave me a very straightforward answer, which was, uh, well, actually, my birth mother was Italian. And this was, uh, again, a source of a very positive thing for me, really. Uh, I thought that was great. I thought the idea of being sort of Anglo-Italian was, was a good thing. And, but it did, it did sort of further fuel my imagination in terms of wanting to find out more about my, my background, where I'd come from. And I made no secret of this with my parents, and I discussed it with my parents. And, and were they open to that curiosity? Did they, they, they totally understood that I was curious, but they were also uh, understandably cautious, not so much from their perspective, but they were concerned that, because they didn't know, they didn't know all the facts themselves, uh, they were concerned that, you know, they didn't want me to rock the boat as far as my birth mother was concerned. You know, she obviously adopted me for a reason, which you'll find out later. But uh, they they didn't want me just sort of uh, rushing in and turning somebody's world upside down insensitively. And And I quite understand that and something that I have kept paramount on, uh, in my approach to this subject kind of all along. I, I also, being a father now myself, hugely sympathise with them uh, having a, you know, a teenager asking all sorts of questions about something that for them was emotional and sensitive subject. I can't imagine if my son now said to me, you know, or, or me even having to tell him that he was adopted, I would, you know, that would, that would be difficult and I can... I can see that would have been difficult for my parents, but they never hid anything from me. They were very open, and you know, whilst not facilitating the my my approach to to, to finding out who my birth parents were, they 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 never they never you know actively stopped me. But I I I think I can say they didn't feel it was something that would I should necessarily do. They would probably prefer that I didn't. Yeah. And so, when did you find out the full story? So I. Then, uh, when I was about 20, 21, I think, I was at university, I took it upon myself to go to Somerset House, the uh, records uh, office, as was. I don't think it's there anymore. but uh, And I had to go through the sort of typically British bureaucratic process of first being given counselling to see whether I was, uh, you know, fit and able to, you know, be told who my birth mother was. When every, whenever a child is born, before a birth certificate is created, there is a registration of a, of a birth, which, you know, before a name comes along, just simply states the, the sex of the baby and the name of the mother and address of the mother. And this was the information I was able to, that I was given by, <clears throat> by Somerset House. And so, age 21, I found out her name. And I found out the address where she had been living in in London when I when I had been born. And was uh, there any more information? Was that it? No, that yeah. was it. Yeah. That was it. I I did know who the gynaecologist was because my mother had told me. Because it happened, he was the it was the same gynaecologist, uh, my mother's gynaecologist, as the, my birth mother's gynaecologist, and effectively that's how the adoption kind of came about. And had they told you that story? Yes, stage. they had. Yes, they and had. Tell me that story. How how had it come about? Well, so the what happened was what what my parents told me was was a a simplified 
for uh, form of the story that I discovered later on. But essentially, that that all my parents were able to tell me, and I they weren't hiding anything, was that an Italian lady had come to London, was pregnant, clearly unable to have the child. They had no idea why. That she had uh, abortion was illegal in Italy at that time. She had come to London initially to see if it was possible to to have an abortion but it was you know it was too late for that but the the same gynecologist that she had consulted when she arrived was was actually as I say my mother's gynecologist and my mother couldn't have children yeah so the gynecologist said to my mother we have this Italian lady who's here she's about to give birth in a couple of weeks time would you be interested in adopting the child? And and my parents were, were delighted because, as I say, they, they, they hadn't been able to have children uh, up to that point. I, I'm not sure if they had considered adopting or not, but, you know, here was this opportunity and they said yes. And I was actually prematurely born, so I arrived even earlier. And uh, that was that, really. And how quickly did they get you after you were born? Well, I apparently I had to stay in hospital until I gained the necessary weight to be released. And I think that was about 10 days, something like that. And that was it. Then I, I went I went home. They took me home. So back to your birth mother. You're 21 or so. You've just found out her name and the address where she lived in London, but nothing more. Did you immediately want to go and find her? Or was this something that happened later? I was still pretty cautious and I didn't tell my parents that I had discovered who she was and her name. I didn't want them really to... I didn't want to burden them with, with this. And so I did nothing for quite a long time. I think I thought about it for 20 years, pretty much. And then I was married and my wife was expecting our first child. And I thought, right, I think I'm now, you know, in a position... You know, I think my, the course of my life is is now set, and you know I'm soon to ha- soon to have children who will, you know, my heritage will be part of their heritage. So why not? Um, so how did you go about that? So I hired a private detective through a friend of mine. Uh, so it was uh, it was even at an ar- at arm's length. So. I mean, I really was very cautious. So you didn't go directly to the private detective. It was your friend who was sort of masquerading as the client. Correct, correct. And he said to the private detective, look, you know, there is somebody who is looking to make contact with a woman who, an Italian lady who was in London in the summer of 1970. And, you know, this is her name. Please approach, you know, compassionately and cautiously and simply say that you know your client would like to meet her but it's uh or 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 would like her to get in touch if there's any interest but if not then so be it and how quickly did they have an answer for you it didn't take long i think it took about three weeks and so you were then told they've located this person that's right they had her well what i i remember actually being told that you know as one would expect, this chap produced his little report with a name and, and her address. And so immediately I went on to Google Earth and I, I saw 
the apartment in Turin where she lives, which was extraordinary. And uh, so I then wrote, I then wrote to her, and I actually had a, another friend help me with a. Uh, I mean, I, I do speak Italian, but I got a, a friend of mine to write, to just to sort of write a letter in Italian to say that you know I would be keen to to meet her. And did you tell? Uh, did you explain who you were? Well, I think initially there were some telephone calls, so I'm probably jumping ahead a bit. So I did use my Italian-speaking friend as an intermediary, and he spoke to her a number of times. So contact was made. She said she was willing, she told the detective she was willing to speak to the person. So first she spoke to my friend. She was understandably quite cautious. You know, what, you know, what did you want? What did I want, exactly. And I think that it was, I mean, she subsequently told me that, you know, she was concerned that I'm, you know, was upset about the process had been, you know, and it was going to, to essentially, you know, chastise her for, you know, supposedly a, 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 you know, abandoning me and all that sort of stuff, which, you know, and I made it very clear that that wasn't the case at all. I was the only, my only motive was to actually say how grateful I was to her for having the courage to, you know, let other people take care of my uh, future when she was not in a position to do it herself and that uh, everything had turned out very well and that I had was had had a very loving upbringing with very loving parents and given you know every opportunity and privilege one could wish for and and as a result I just wanted to say thank you to her and did you say this you said this over the phone to her initially before you met her you made that clear I I didn't speak to her on the telephone it was actually through my friend so I then sent some photos she asked for some photos so I sent some photos and we agreed a date pretty quickly to for me to come over so I I actually went over to Turin with my friend who had more of a relationship with 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 her than I did at this point and we went to the apartment and there she was I met her she didn't look remotely like me so that that was the first (laughs) surprise I suppose I thought we got the wrong. I thought we got the wrong place and the wrong person. It was all, you know, a very, you know, embarrassing comedy moment. But uh, no, we sat down, and I saw, I spotted rather serially in the corner of her apartment on a mantelpiece the photo that I'd sent her. She'd already had it framed, and it was sitting amongst other family pictures, which was quite something when you walk into effectively a stranger's place to see a photo of yourself on the wall or on the, on the mantelpiece as it happened and we sat down and we you know there was exchange of presents and things like that and we just chatted and she then eventually told me her side of the story and what had happened which corroborated with what my parents had told me but there were some surprises for example she uh, I was not her first child. So you had a sibling? I did indeed, who happened to be hiding behind a curtain in the apartment as we were speaking <laughs> and then was was wheeled out when it was sort of safe for her to to appear, I suppose. And that was that was my half-sister. So my birth mother ha- had been married before. She had a child. She had, unfortunately, had very bad um, postnatal depression 
and her husband had uh, essentially sent her to a clinic in Switzerland and she was separated from the child the child grew up with her grandparents and then the husband petitioned for divorce and when my birth mother was released well I think released is the wrong word but left Switzerland she didn't go back to Turin she went to Rome and she she spent time there and that's where she fell pregnant and clearly at the time she was still married this would have been proven infidelity it could have prejudiced her her ability to see and have access to her 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 daughter so this was a bad thing it was her brother who was a 21-year-old law student at the time who she told he was the one who found a correspondent gynecologist from the university in Rome who who had a who actually practiced in London and this was a gynecologist who was my mother's gynecologist so the brother arranged for his sister to travel to London he arranged accommodation for her arranged the 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 whole adoption process took care of all the paperwork and even uh, actually uh, subsequently you know a couple of months after I was born offered to provide a financial settlement for my parents for my education in the future which my parents were very touched by but didn't accept although they never met him or obviously my my birth mother and 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 that was all news to me and how was she when she was telling you this was she emotional was, was uh, it a she, difficult conversation it was not an easy conversation for her and I think but it got a lot easier when I think she realized that that you know I was not there to judge but to be grateful and you, you know I think we had we had subsequent conversations as I did with her daughter as well my half sister as to sort of uh, you know what now mm. but they were pretty gentle mm. one of the most rewarding moments I think in, in this whole process was when I met my uncle if you like the my, my my birth mother's brother I met him I think the following day and there there was a a, a physical resemblance which uh, in itself was 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 interesting for me and important for me because it was the first time I'd ever ever looked at somebody really who was you know like me to a certain extent my 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 half sister hadn't you know i suppose maybe looks a bit like me but it's hard for me to tell but there did seem to be a similarity with my with my uncle i when i told him that you know i was incredibly grateful to him for what he had done for me uh, and his sister you really could and it sounds like a cliche but you really could see a weight removed from him and a burden shed and he literally you know became 10 years younger in in the blink of an eye it was extraordinary absolutely extraordinary he'd been carrying around this guilt that things might yeah. have not been yeah you know he never knew he never knew what would happen and had he ever tried to trace you down and work out what had happened N no, to you? no 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 and she hadn't either your birth mother well apparently uh, she had albeit rather hopelessly in that she and her daughter came to London, 
I think in about in the mid 80s, so I would have been about 15, uh, sort of retraced their steps and where they'd stayed and uh, were, you know, I'm not sure what they were trying to do because they didn't know my name or, or anything. So they never knew the name of your parents? No, no. And did your parents request that or was that something that was just standard in that? Uh, I think that was simply the law. In fact, something that I also discovered which was pretty hard was that when I was born, my birth mother was, 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 I was removed immediately from her. She wasn't even able to hold me, didn't even know what sex I was. Really? And she left the hospital not knowing if you were a boy or a girl? Indeed. Well, she had to come back. Uh, she left the hospital not knowing if I was a boy or a girl, but she had to sign some paperwork a couple of weeks later, and there it was stated, you know, that I was a boy, and and apparently, she, I mean, she told me that, you know, she then, you know, broke down because, you know, it all became quite real for her at that point. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And did you ever talk to her about how it was for her, this whole experience, giving birth to a child, not touching them, giving them up for adoption. Have you ever had that conversation with her? I didn't ask her directly, but I felt that if she wanted to tell me, she would. I did ask her daughter if if she'd, she'd ever talked about it in those sorts of terms. And what I what the daughter said was really that you know it had been obviously very painful for her and uh, i mean emotionally and it had been kept secret in the family uh, her her sister there was a so my birth mother had a as a sister who who did know about it but it was a sub, it was a subject that essentially none of them had between the brother the two sisters nobody else knew uh, obviously, the, the the daughter did subsequently, but nobody else knew, and they'd never spoken to anybody outside of the family about it. And this was up until you contacted her? Yes. No one in the family knew? Correct. So you rocked up, and did they then, they then presumably told the rest of the family? Well, not initially, as it happens, but I was there for a few days, and then on the, I think it was probably the third day, I offered to take everybody out for dinner and it was a bit of an issue because my uncle hadn't you know 
told his his wife and family did not know about this situation so he had to decide whether he was going to tell them or not anyway he decided to to tell them and so his his wife and and, and family did did appear and you know that was that was really it was a wonderful it was a wonderful evening actually because by then i'd been in 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 italy for five days and my my university italian had had uh had improved and actually my wife came and and uh came out on the sort of the third day for that you know and came to that dinner and and she said you know you know if you were somebody from the outside world and and you saw that table of people chatting in italian you know i looked as if you know we'd done that every every night or every week for the last 20 years did you feel that, did you feel completed somehow? Did you feel that something was missing because you didn't know about this big part of who you were, your heritage? Did you find that once you'd met them and you'd talked to them and you'd reassured them that they had made the right decision, did you feel also that life was a, a little, like your, your uncle, did you feel that that you know that, that your questions had been answered? I had never had any negative feelings towards being adopted in the past, but I certainly felt that knowing is better than not knowing. And whilst it was a it was a bit of a gamble to to kind of find out who my birth mother was, and I was very you know as my you know I, I had the the early trepidation of my parents very much in my you know very much ringing in my ears in terms of you know not upsetting the apple cart and I think I was relieved that I had managed to as far as I believed find out who my birth mother was say my piece and and not upset her and subsequently I'm not sure it was necessarily clear at the time but you know since I I saw them which was about nearly 10 years ago now you know, I've kept in contact. They, you know, my, my half-sister and her daughter have come and visited us here in England. We've been out, you know, my, my, my wife and family have been out to see them. And, you know, we, we don't pretend to be something we're not in terms of bosom buddy family because we're not. But we certainly have a, a strong connection and we're there to help each other where we can and support each other and send each other Christmas cards. And it has been a very rewarding process. And I'm very glad that I did it. I hope that it has been rewarding for my Italian family as well. And it was worth doing. And one of the things that really stuck with me is how when you're talking about finding out you're adopted you never felt anything but special being adopted. Now I remember when I was growing up which was sort of a similar time, I remember you know this sort of almost fear like what if you find out you're adopted or even if like siblings would say well, you're probably adopted like, that was very much a childish slur and yet your parents managed to instill this idea that you were even more special than other children. How do you think they did that so successfully? Because one thing to do it and to go through the motions, 
but it's another thing to actually end up with a child sincerely believing that something that is different probably to the rest of his cohort of friends is actually very special. Well, I think my parents are very special people. I'm not sure I could do the same myself. One one thing I should say is that uh, so I had I had gone off and found my my birth mother. I I don't know who my birth father is and my my birth mother didn't hasn't told me and because he may not even have known himself that 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 she was pregnant. So that that's that and that's fine. But also I hadn't told my parents that I was going off to do this. And and as I say, I didn't want them to be worried because that's all they would do. They would just be worried that I was doing the right thing and, you know, were people going to get upset, etc. So I didn't want them to worry about that. I felt it was something that, you know, that was, you know, if I if I screwed it up, well, then I'll, I'll take the responsibility for that. And obviously, I, but when I had found out, I had to tell them. And so... I I was I was at their house and I think it was you know these it's never a good time to to mention something like this and I think it was happened to be on sort of Christmas Eve or something because we just happened to be there for a period of time it, it wasn't something I could just mention on the phone or I had to I had to sort of be there for a few days in order to to drop this kind of bombshell I so I said to my mother look I've got something I want to talk to you about she knew immediately what what it was immediately and just ran upstairs and uh, I think my father coaxed her down and, you know, she was a bit upset because she kind of knew what was coming and was, I think, worried it was, you know, might be bad news. But, you know, I simply said, look, I've always wanted to know where I came from and, and, and a bit of my background. And, and I felt now was the time to do it because, you know, we've got children and, you know, they might want to know, you know, they're effectively half Italian, so by blood, so they, they might want to know. And I've, you know, I've gone and done this and I've found out, you know, where I did come from and who these people are. But I've also found out something else, you know, or reaffirmed something else, which I, I kind of knew all along, but I think it's become very, very clear, even, even clearer, which is I know where I belong. And I felt that, you know, they were very pleased to hear that and, you know, my mum could relax. And... Do they, how much do they know about your birth mother's story? Have you shared that with them? Yes, I have. I have. I mean, they were they were they were quite interested because they too were quite, you know, there was stuff they didn't they didn't know they didn't realise that she had been married before, that I had a half sister, so they didn't they know they didn't they didn't know that. And how curious are you about your father? Well, there's there's still curiosity there for sure. So I didn't fully square the circle, if you like, but it's out of my control. So there's nothing I can do about that. You know, well, if my birth mother knows and she feels that maybe, you know, she'll tell me or write to me, perhaps when she's no longer around, who knows? But, you know, I'm not going to push that on her. You know, as I say, he probably doesn't even know or didn't even know so wasn't involved in the difficult and painful decision-making process. Uh, but obviously I would like to know. I'd be curious to know. But I wouldn't want to force something on somebody who, you know, had you know, no idea that, that that had happened. Although it might be the greatest news ever. Yeah. I feel that's, you know, as I say, that's not, it's not in my, it's not in my control and I'm, I'm not going to try and find out.
And what about talking to your children about adoption and, and being adopted? Is that something that you talked about them since they could sort of understand or was this something that you specifically told them uh, when they were a little bit older? Well, they, they didn't have much choice really because we, I think when Max was three, we went to Turin and we, he met his Italian cousins, as we call them. And, and so it's just become part of the conversation which I felt was something my parents did I, I've taken a leaf out of their book because I think the sooner kids know about these things the more acceptable and normal it, it, it becomes but you know they're kind of a hodgepodge because you know their mother's uh, half Welsh so you know they just feel it's another it's another colour in the mix well I think the key is that it's not a big deal and that idea of being not the same as everyone else is actually a gift rather than a burden something obviously that your parents did really successfully yes have you ever talked to contemporaries of yours who are thinking about adopting about your experience yes i have and you know i i i know that it is it's a very hard it's a very hard decision and it must have been really quite difficult for my parents i think it is I'm not sure, funnily enough, I'm not sure I would adopt because I don't think I could do as good a job as my parents did. But I think there are, you know, if, you, if you're, like my, my mother, unable, you know, unable to have children um, and you want to have children, I, I, I think it is a wonderful thing to do. And uh, I encourage, you know, friends of mine who are in that position to, to really consider it. But it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, I think it's hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to do. Yeah, but, you know, and like you said, an amazing opportunity to give, you know, children the life. I, you know, look at your children and the life that they lead and to give that opportunity to someone who wouldn't have necessarily had that life. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, you know, the caveat that it's nowadays adoption is very different to... to the rather informal arrangement that my parents... Well, beautifully informal in a way. Well, well, it was based on... I mean, it was obviously... There was still bureaucracy and paperwork, but... but No social services? Not that I'm aware of, no. Amazing. I really... I love the story. I think it's a really hopeful and positive story in a time when we hear so much negativity. I mean, for me, after Willem died... I did think about potentially adopting another child or, you know, having a child that, you know, wouldn't involve me actually being pregnant. But I just thought this is just too hard. And actually that's a really, you know, that's a really weak thing to think, I think. For me, I wish I was stronger. I wish I had more confidence. But well, I think it's it is system. difficult. It is, it, is, it is difficult and the system doesn't help. They put a lot of obstacles in your way, and nowadays it's a particularly in, sort of intrusive one in terms of all the information that they, they want to know. But I, I would, you know, I, I think my message is that, uh, you know, whilst my parents didn't have to go through all of that, you know, hopefully from their perspective it was worth it. Certainly from, from mine, I couldn't have wished for better parents or, or a better opportunity in life, which, 
you know, I will do everything I can to to pass on to my own children. And I I would encourage people to to do that because it it really can be a wonderful thing. Hattie, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Parenthood. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us wherever you get this podcast. You can also keep up to date with what I'm recording on Instagram and give me feedback on any of the episodes. I'm at marina.fogel. In the meantime, thanks for listening and goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.